With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what's going on? Uh, the weather is following me around the country. I don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I was in Baltimore. It was nasty in Baltimore. I'm in Pittsburgh. It's nasty in Pittsburgh. I'm going to Buffalo. It's going to be nasty in Buffalo. What's going mm-hmm. on? Uh, well, okay. with, give it three stall grade for the weather in Baltimore. I think ever since then, it's just... Now it's it's really getting to you. Like it's just gonna follow you forever. This on myself. I I, I suppose I only have mm-hmm. myself to blame. Uh, so no the bus ticket also, though. No bus ticket. No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that would be. A, a, I don't want to know what would happen if Mother Nature left. <laughs> I'm not willing to really entertain yeah. that thought. Uh, Steelers dealing with the elements too. They're moving to practice to Agrisure Stadium tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. You know that be, because they're the seven seed, they can't possibly play another home game. So. Find some new grass to tear up. Basically, this weather is as bad for the grass as it is for my mood. And so we're going to ride a bus over there tomorrow for practice. And also, uh, you know, maybe this is the paranoid uh, reporter in me, but a lot fewer prying eyes over there inside Acrisure Stadium than there are on the south side where, you know, you're kind of open, you know, to the world uh, in, in some ways. So, you want to do some secret stuff for a playoff game it's a little easier to do it inside the giant locked stadium so i don't know maybe that's just me but that's a thought the grass certainly is is a real concern it's been pretty torn up over there on the south side lately 
and has this been something that they've done in the past? Like as we get to playoff time for that reason, like if you feel, if you're a, a low enough seed where you're not going to have another home game or the chance of you having a home game, obviously in this case, they can't, but like even yeah, cases they did, where they, they were went over there once in 2021, very similar, okay. same, same, same. I think it might've been the same day. Also like they'll probably practice indoors at some point. If it's the weather, although the weather's supposed to be nicer uh, tomorrow on Thursday, but like if they're going to practice indoors, they won't, they won't ever really have like a padded practice inside. So if they want to practice in pads, uh, they almost always do that on Wednesdays. So my guess is that's what we're doing. We're going to get a padded practice and it's going to be over at AgriSure and we'll see how things go. Uh, Tomlin spoke today, Alan, and we knew this yesterday. We figured we were going to have something to talk about based off what he said there, but honestly didn't give us a whole lot. Uh, you know, one thing we did definitively learn was that Mason Rudolph was going to start this football game. That's where I want to start. And the reason being one, I am super confused by the comments of yesterday's show. Uh, because it, you would think that we were just totally ripping apart Mason Rudolph and saying that Kenny Pickett should be. Both of us said that Mason should be the starter for this game. Like, what in the world happened? Where, I thought it was where pretty did... complimentary of the way that Mason played, I, I thought. I mean, I thought I broke it down why he's been more successful than the other two guys. Like, right? Didn't didn't I? Completely I I lost that. in translation, I, I think. It, it, but I you know what's that. interesting? What's interesting about this, Alan, is – you brought up to me, and I, I missed Mike Tomlin's press conference until about the halfway-ish point or so, but he was asked three questions about Mason Rudolph, and in his answers, you know, like, I would say relatively similar to you. You're kind of just, like, saying what you're seeing out there. He wasn't, like, over the top, like, talkative about... I feel like I was more Mason complimentary Rudolph. of Mason Rudolph than Tomlin has been. Okay, I, yeah. It's been so, very... It's, it is strange that, like... I So, you know, he's... Uh, Mike DeFabo, the athletic, who sits next to me in uh, the Tomlin press room, and uh, mm-hmm. we were kind of like, okay, we got to get a, a Rudolph question he's actually going to answer. And, you know, he he asked one, and he kind of got no answer. And then I came right back to it with a different one. And he, he even said, like, his answer to Mike was like, oh, it's confident and decision-making. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter how confident in your decision-making. If you aren't doing a good job of throwing the ball, you don't go 18 of 20 in a monsoon. And then Tomlin said, well, he's making good decisions. Like, I, I don't know. There's just – it seems like the praise has been very muted from the head coach to me. It's interesting. I, I don't know what to make yeah. of Okay, so, like, thinking back to yesterday's episode, maybe the one part that we were talking about was the pressure, right? But, like, more about the offensive line than anything else. Like, I, yeah, I thought I that he was – I think he handled the two-minute drive very well, and I don't think he dealt with the pressure yeah. on that two-minute drive very well. But that was – that was one drive. I mean, he was pretty good the whole rest of the game, especially considering the conditions. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I well, was... and see, that's that's what I that's what I was going to bring up was if you if like I was really like nitpicking this performance uh, from him. We finally started to see the one thing that I was really concerned about behind this offensive line's pass protection was his lack of mobility to be able to move out of the pocket. But like other than that, like yeah, he's been he's been the best quarterback that they've had of the three. And that's not really a criticism of Mason Rudolph as much as this is acknowledgement that the Steelers aren't very good at protecting the passer. And you kind of need one back there that can kind of run away sometimes. Like that's not his yeah, it, fault. It's, like, we're, not ta- we're talking about a physical limitation. It's not like it took us by surprise. The fact yeah, that, we, that that yeah, was the yeah, case. Yeah. And also oh, like Dan know. Moore, uh, PFF, we wrote to the site worst pass protecting tackle in football this year. I don't necessarily agree with PFF's methodology most of the time, but I mean, worst is probably 
not the correct answer because the worst is some guy who's so bad that his team only played him like four snaps because that's all they, you know, it's like people say nickel band is the worst nickelback is the worst band they're not the worst band you never heard of the worst band they're just the worst band that everyone has heard of dan moore is the worst tackle that started every game are you a big nickelback fan did i offend you i don't know alan i was just saying do you know what i say to people that have that opinion give me one sec just a dreadful officer (laughs) i mean it's truly (laughs) terrible but yeah, Nickelback's yeah. not the worst band. The worst band is some band that's playing in like a dive bar in Kenosha on Tuesday nights that no one knows. Well, Dan Moore is the worst tackle that played almost every snap for his team this game in pass protection. He's been better in run blocking. Uh, I'd probably agree with that. And uh, yeah, they, they're not going to protect him. I think we know that. Like, It's not like, oh, you can just cross your fingers and hope they get better at this point. Like, 19 weeks into this, kind of are who you are. We're, we got a pretty good idea the Steelers aren't going to do a very good job protecting Mason Rudolph, especially when I talk about this game. Boy, can the Buffalo Bills get after the pass right, passer. I mean, they they are benching Vaughn Miller because they have so many good pass rushers that they're like, we don't even need that guy. And I think that probably tells you what you should need to know, that this Buffalo pass rush is for real, and I think the Steelers' offensive line's ability to deal with it is going to be a big part of what we talk about in this game. But, yeah, I mean, back to Rudolph. Certainly played well enough to keep playing. Uh, I'm not sure he's really like uh, done anything that is is you know, blowing my mind, but I, I, I he's got to keep playing. Like that 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 wasn't even a real choice, right? Exactly. But I just thought it was super interesting the comments that we got yesterday, and then to hear you say you didn't feel like like Tomlin's been overly complimentary of him. Uh, I just thought that it kind of coincided. Yeah, it was, it was a, little, it's a little strange to me. That that's that's definitely true. Um. Oh, but there's also like a, a, a dust up about him not being the first quarterback on the depth chart. That was a question that was asked mm-hmm. of Tomlin today. Tomlin kind of yep. like fired back, like would it make you feel better if he was? Uh, I, I doubt that Tomlin was even aware of which quarterback was in which place on the depth chart. It's not a thing that he spends a lot of time with. It's basically just a reflection of whatever. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's fairly meaningless to me. I, I don't. I, I mean, we talked yesterday at length about the weird dichotomy of there being people inside the Steelers organization that are talking like Kenny, they're committed to Kenny Pickett for the future when they're not playing him, which just doesn't make sense. They can't be. Um, so it's not like, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand a lot of things about this that, that, that don't make a lot of sense, but maybe you can put the depth chart in that list, but I wouldn't, wouldn't try to read a lot into that one. I would say that the depth chart can maybe be more of a talking point. If Tomlin didn't come out and definitively say that Mason Rudolph was the starter. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like the fact he did kind of puts it to rest whether that's meaningful or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If there's no update from Tomlin and then somebody moves on the depth chart or doesn't move on the depth chart, then maybe that would be meaningful. We all know Mason Rudolph's going to start. He said so. So what difference does it make what a you know piece of paper right. said? Um, one other thing that he touched on, we've gotten a lot of questions on, might as well bring it up. Uh, don't know how long of a conversation we could have at it without seeing, uh, participation throughout the week or anything like that. I'm curious to hear Terrell Austin talk about this too, but like the log jam at safety, because Patrick Peterson has been playing back there. Could get Minka Fitzpatrick, expected get Minka Fitzpatrick back in the, in the mix this week. DeMonte Casey coming off his suspension, able to return. Be curious to see what type of shape that he is in, but you know, say all these bodies are able to come back. Heck, let's throw... I, 
I don't know if Trenton Thompson is going to be able to get back in, but you know, a few weeks ago he said he thought if they made the postseason he could be back in the mix. The way that Eric Rowe has played, like there's just so many pieces there on the back end that I think it's really interesting to see how they the safety room is kind of made up in the way that the snaps are divvied up. Do we see Patch Peterson play more in the nickel? Like it's all just so intriguing to me. Yeah, I, I asked about Patrick Peterson, and I was like, there's no way to ask this question that's not just going to get yes as an answer. <laughs> and I got yes as an answer. But, like, is, you know, they're going to consider moving Patrick Peterson back to say, back to corner. He, Tomlin admitted that, like, that wasn't an option for us the last few weeks. It will be with the personnel we have now. Wouldn't commit to it. I would do it. I mean, as long as they're feeling like, and look, Demonte KZ not been around the team for three weeks, hasn't been in the building. He's actually at home in California. So they've got to see where he is conditioning-wise. I, you know, he's a pro. I kind of doubt that he's been, um, you know, snacking on, you know, sitting, sitting on the couch with his feet up, uh, you know, down in bags of chips or something. That doesn't sound, sound like the person I know. My guess is he's going to be in pretty good shape. So assuming that KZ is in good shape and that Minka is healthy enough to play and play something approaching his normal workload. Yeah. Moving Patrick Peterson back to corner, because do you remember what Gabe Davis did to them last year? And like, if we're talking about you know executing, look, they they did they had the game plan two weeks ago for dealing with multiple good wide receivers, and it was leave Joey Porter alone with DK Metcalf. That didn't go that well. Stevon Diggs is a lot better than DK Metcalf, so you know, like I I don't think you can go into this game with that same game plan saying, ah, we'll just leave Joey on Diggs one on one all game. He'll take care of it, and we'll give all the help over here to you know. I want I want my best cover guys out there on Davis and. And Diggs, and I think that's probably Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, the the main reason that I'm so, so curious about it, they've been trying for like years now to be able to run this three safety stuff. And it just seems like somebody's always hurt. Like going back to last year, you didn't yeah, have Monte KZ available. Uh, you had obviously Minka and Edmonds there, and then coming into this year, Minka's been out of the lineup for so long. Keanu Neal with a rib injury, Demonte Casey suspended. The pieces that have not come together to see three safeties a lot for this team. Uh, do we finally get to see it in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I think Eric Rowe has played well enough to put himself in position to be that guy, uh, and certainly mm -hmm. would be that guy. But I also think Shannon Sullivan has played really well as a more traditional nickel corner when they've gone with a more traditional nickel, and so. I'm not sure that they maybe would feel like they need it as much. Uh, the Bills can go too tight end. That's really when the Steelers like to use that. Um, and, and you know, they have they have two guys. Um, Kincaid is the rookie. He's really, I think, changed the complexion of that offense and, and having a second tight end that can do a lot of good things. Um, I think maybe against two tight ends, you would want to go to something like that. If it's just three receivers, I don't know. I think Shannon Sullivan's played really well. Also, you now have the availability of playing Levi Wallace and moving Patrick Peterson in the slot. So you have kind of three, you know, they're back to their three nickel options. Uh, obviously, Eric Rowe wasn't a part of one of them at the beginning of the year, but they're back mm -hmm. to their three options for a nickel defensive back, whether that's a third safety, whether that's a traditional slot corner, or whether it's another outside corner and moving Patrick Peterson inside. Patrick Peterson could be the third safety, too, if you wanted to play Levi Wallace outside, play Patrick Peterson back at center field, and move KZ or Minka down the box. You could do that. They have options. We'll see how things play out. But I think Patrick Peterson playing some corner feels like a move I would make, uh, assuming those guys are healthy enough to come back and, and come back fully.
Yeah, plenty of options if they're able to do so. And that's what I want to ask you. And this is full like speculation, just your opinion. Say these guys are all available to come back. That includes Minka. Obviously, Demonte's is you know, coming off suspension, so it's not an injury. But Trenton Thompson, Minka, say these guys are able to come back. How do you divvy up the helmets there on the back? Like how many guys in that secondary get helmets? I don't think Trenton Thompson gets one. I think okay. Eric Rose played too well. I mean, I, I don't know especially you know, coming off an injury. I mean, we'll see how he practices, if he practices, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, he has, that, that would be the guy that I think would, would likely be left out. Um, and then probably Elijah Riley. I mean, th- those are the two guys that you're, you know, kind of leave. Mm-hmm. The, the one question mark, I guess there would be like, do they have enough special term teamers? Rose been playing some teams, I think. Um, but you know Riley's a big special teamer, so maybe they would want to get Thompson in the lineup just to play special teams. Um, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I, I think like if I'm just looking for the best DBs, yeah, Rose mm-hmm. played 12 snaps of special teams, so not a ton, um, and probably one two of those were uh, onside kicks. Um, so yeah, I mean I. Maybe they don't. Maybe they would feel like they would need the special teams help. But just from how you want to deploy the DBs, I think I'd probably rather have Rowe than Thompson. Yeah, Thompson just popped in mind because again, small sample size. But we're talking about tight ends. You know, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Buffalo's two pretty good ones. In the way that Thompson, in that small sample size, was kind of matching up with them. That's why he kind of popped into mind. But again, you know, you're going to be limited with the numbers. Like it's a numbers game on that back end, so he might just not be, you know. The, the most deserving of a helmet in this situation as much as that stinks ready um, you know i but, think is the bit the word i would use there most ready right i mean you yeah guy hasn't been playing you know not like look i think he's impressed enough that i, I think he's earned himself a, a roster sure. spot for next year i just think it's hard to play a guy who hasn't been playing it's the same as kenny and mason right i mean like you got a guy who has been playing and playing like no worse and and arguably better than the guy that was in there before in Thompson. Like you're going to go to a guy who's coming off an injury and is probably less ready. No, you're not going to do that. Sure. Yeah. Um, Alan, the other thing that we want to talk about somebody that's not going to be at TA's disposal on Sunday for this game is TJ Watt. Uh, obviously that is a massive loss for this team. And the big debate obviously is other than defensive player of the year is how does this team make up for the loss of TJ Watt? Obviously, you're not going to be able to replicate him one for one. We talked a little bit about you know, Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig, how crucial it is that the Steelers have depth at that position when they haven't had it uh, maybe in some years past. But I, I, there's just so many layers to this conversation. Like, how do the Steelers go about making up for his absence? Is it more of what we're talking about? You know, maybe the the players on the back end, things that they didn't have available to them in that way that they now do, maybe making up some ground there. Sign J.J. Watt. Hey, I mean, the tweet, he put out a tweet. Who's going to notice? I would notice, but <laughs> look, I mean, he said he would do it for $10 million. Now they can't pay him. How does that work? Could they pay him? Like if you sign a guy, because players don't get game checks in the playoffs, but could they sign him and give him a signing bonus? I guess they probably could do that, right? Sign him and give him a signing bonus, and then he would, just wouldn't earn any salary. He said he would play one game for $10 million. I think they probably need to hold him to that. Bring him in. Let's go. Um, there we go. 
So they signed David Perales back to the practice squad, <laughs> not to minimize. Yeah, because I think he's an interesting player and an interesting prospect, but uh, it's very clearly not the multi-time defensive player of the year, JJ Watt. Um, you know, I think that the the game plan at outside linebacker is pretty easy. You got Golden, you got Herbig. You feel good about those guys. Sprinkle them in, mix them around, see who does well. Kyron Johnson as a fourth is kind of like a pure edge rusher like i wouldn't want mm-hmm. him in on a lot of rundowns he's a really small guy for the position but you know he's he's got nfl experience it's not like he's some nobody from nowhere um and so they have bodies i think they're much better equipped to deal with the loss of tj watt than they were a year ago i think golden is a, is a smart player a veteran player he understands the defense really well herbic has explosiveness um a great motor you know i really like what those guys bring to the table. They're not going to be TJ Watt. I think when you look at how you go about dealing with specifically the Buffalo Bills, you know, the one key will be those guys will have to stay disciplined. They can't play outside of themselves. You, It's very important. You have to maintain rush lane integrity. You can't let them get outside of containment. Um, those are things that TJ does pretty well that they're going to have to replicate with different guys. I don't really think that this is a game where you can blitz to replace TJ Watt. Josh Allen is just not a quarterback. I want to blitz a lot. You know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but I think the more he runs around and throws, the more he's going to hurt you. You you don't want him extending plays. You don't want him getting outside the pocket. Uh, I think you're better off making him stand there and make reads not to say he can't beat you that way i just think that's the easier way to approach things as defense so i don't really expect that they're going to get crazy creative with the blitzes or anything like that um you know the run defense will be a really important part of this too you know mm-hmm. if buffalo goes too tight end and they want to run james cook to try to get themselves in second and short third and short where josh allen can really do a bunch of different things uh, can they stop them from doing that without TJ? Not that TJ is, you know, he's certainly more of a pass rusher than he's a run stopper, but he's a lot bigger guy than Golden and Herbig. They are smaller players. Uh, Herbig has shorter arms. That was one of the reasons that some people didn't think he would stick as, as an edge rusher. Um, so, you know, can they handle a double team? Can they handle a pulling guard? Um, that, that'll be a big a big part of this equation as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Like Marcus Dolan, obviously been around the block. He's a vet. I think the teams pretty much know the player that he is. But I feel like Nick Herbage didn't get tested a lot in this one in his reps, like running right at him, and he's gonna have to answer the bell. Yeah, I mean, he did pretty well. I think all the way back to that preseason game, right? Was it the Bills preseason game where he had like a big yeah. run stop? Right, came up off the mm-hmm. edge and and sniffed out a running play and, and got a big tackle for loss. I, I know he can do it. It'll be a question of consistency, how he holds up over the course of a game. I like the fact that they have two of them in there, that if one of them starts to struggle or isn't getting something, they can switch them out. You know, they can get Nick Herbig some coaching on the sideline if he needs coach about something and then get him back in there. It's not like he's just stuck on the field playing the whole game because they have nobody else. Like they've been in at so many other positions this year, right? Like the, the fact that they can kind of, Mix and match, I think, uh, helps them out a little bit. 
Now, this could be for better or worse, and I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to phrase this question, but like thinking back to times where the Steelers were really thin at certain positions, like when you look at like the Browns week, Bengals week, like when we didn't have the safeties, we were talking about like, oh, you know, for this game specifically, not sure if it's going to matter with this matchup, stuff like that. With this game specifically, this matchup against Buffalo, like obviously there's no week where it's going to be a good thing to be without TJ Watt, but like how different is it playing Buffalo without TJ Watt as opposed to some of the other teams around the league without TJ Watt? Hmm. I mean, I guess it's not like, it's not any different than playing Lamar. It's not any different than playing Mahomes. you know, would it be easier to blitz Joe Flacco? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think it compared to the other quarterbacks they were going to play, which it was, it was going to be Allen or Mahomes or Tua. I don't think it really makes a difference. Uh, if they had gotten themselves against a pure pocket passer that really can't move, then I think maybe you could minimize your lack of pass rush more with some exotic blitzes against a guy like that, that you're just not going to want to do against uh josh allen yeah no that that makes sense and again i don't even know if i worded that perfectly but um yeah that's that's what i was looking for what do you Um, uh what do you make of just um the like does does the loss of t it seems to me like people are optimistic about this game or at least more optimistic (laughs) about this game than i feel like fans of a team that's a 10 point underdog generally are and and I really feel like there is a pall that sets in over a team when you lose your best player. That they're, they're because like when Sidney Crosby gets hurt, the Penguins fans are just like, sky is falling, everything is awful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that's been the reaction to this. What what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like the whole like house money type thing. Like they're like, oh, we probably shouldn't even be here anyways. We're kind of expecting to lose this game again. You, like you mentioned, 10 point underdogs in this one where it's like, you know, kind of expecting them to lose. So if they do win, hey, we didn't expect to even get this far anyway. I, I don't know. Maybe it's that kind of approach. Maybe it's what I mentioned in terms of they're just not used to having this type of depth behind them they really want to see nick herbig and probably to a lesser like they they like marcus golden we like marcus golden we trust marcus golden but it's probably more of an excitement to see the unknown of nick herbig get some more snaps as well i don't know i mean that's a good point because i definitely have felt that sentiment too uh from talking to people where it's like hey i have no clue if they even have a shot in this one but i'm just excited that they're getting to play at least one more football game so that's kind of what i've gotten I do get the sense that there is some real optimism and I understand it. Right. I mean, we, the bills have this just heinous tendency to uh, play with their food, to, to, to play down to competition, to outgain teams, but not be able to beat them. And the Steelers have shown quite a proclivity uh, to be that team that just hangs around and wins at the end. Right. I mean, they, they did that the whole first half of the season where they got beat up, but then they found a way to win. And so I think, like, stylistically, I think you can talk yourself into this being a kind of game where maybe the Bills are a way better team on paper. Maybe the Bills perform way better statistically, but the Steelers could end up with a chance to win it at the end 
Like I can see how you can think that, even though they're certainly not likely to win, or certainly less likely to win the game than Buffalo is. Uh, let me let me bring up one thing that just popped in my mind too. I, I think a lot of people feel like the Steelers have found their blueprint like with the way that the offense has kind of gone the last few games. And you mentioned, obviously, the defense being opportunistic and this kind of being a matchup where, yeah, Buffalo, Josh Allen, they've certainly given other teams opportunities to take the football away. And if you do that against Pittsburgh, feeling like they're going to be advantageous with that football, especially now because the offense is capitalizing at a higher rate in the red zone than they have in the past. Like we're talking about scoring touchdowns as opposed to field goals now at a higher rate. They're running the football so well, what you feel like you can do against this Buffalo front, even though, yeah, very good pass rushers uh, and i know that they're getting they got the quan jones back within the last few weeks as well their big interior run defender um but still like i feel like this is still a team that if they let you hang around a little bit the steelers maybe could capitalize off of that uh so from that standpoint like we've talked about you know best and worst matchups when it was the three possibilities between miami kansas city and buffalo and buffalo was the one i wanted to least play but at the same time if it's the version of buffalo that we've seen a lot pop up this year they might actually be the best matchup for the steelers if they're going to turn the football over i feel like somebody tweeted this earlier this year and i can't get it out of my head that like josh allen is that kid from that viral video like 10 years ago where he's running and his mom's like what do you have and he goes a knife and he's (laughs) that's josh allen right that's the bills it's like yeah oh oh like just like just just reckless abandonment yeah right right yeah Yeah. for better or worse just just yeah um i i think that's that's a that's what i see out of them and uh i i think that gives you hope i also think man i mean we've seen what the bills can do and they've beaten really good teams i mean this this is Mm -hmm. a good team but i i just find it interesting that the reaction to TJ's Watt in TJ Watt's injury has not been, oh my God, this guy is falling. The Steelers have no chance without TJ. I, I think that's really interesting. I think it says a lot about the way that Nick Herbig has looked in in s- some small sample size. But um, I don't know. They've also just done a really good job of dealing with injury all year. Like they've played. Did they play one whole game with Cam, TJ, and Minka healthy? One, maybe. Mm, good yeah, question. I think one. Yeah, like it's just been a year where the defense has dealt with uh, so many injuries. Maybe it's just one more on the pile, and you know, it, it the people have become sensitized to it in a way. Yeah, I, I just I really do feel like a big part of it is where they are. Like if if the roles were flipped here and they were the two seed with Buffalo coming here and we just lost TJ Watt. I feel like there wouldn't be the sense of optimism. We'd be thinking about, Oh, we're about to get upset by Buffalo. There's no way this team's going to win a super bowl without TJ Watt. Even if it like a, some form of TJ Watt is able to return by the AFC championship or whatever it might be. Even if we were in a position as the two seed where we thought that was a shot to get there. I feel like this would lower our mindset, like our ability to get there without having TJ Watt up until that point. I don't know. It's interesting. It is very interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, We'll see how they line up at practice this week. I'm excited to see what happens at safety at practice this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, I'll be there at AccraSure Stadium tomorrow. Nick will be somewhere on the south side, I believe. Uh, Plans are still uh, fluid for that. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for this week. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. The other thing that I wanted to bring up real quick because we're talking about the edge rushers and we brought it up so many times on here what about the three edge rusher stuff does it make any sense to throw buffalo's way this week 
No, I think you might see more of that three inside linebacker stuff that they ran last week, though, where mm. they had it was a three five where they yeah. had the, it was base defense with an extra inside linebacker. Um, if they run two tight ends, that's something the Steelers can do. Uh, we'll see. Zach Moss is a good athlete. I don't know how much I want, like, you know, I think I'd rather have a safety on the field if he's, if, if you know, to cover those guys, but it, it's certainly an option. Look, the conditions might be, again, really, really tough to throw the ball in. I, every time I've ever been in Buffalo, it's been windy as heck, but I don't think I've ever seen it with 30 mile an hour winds like that, that cold, that much wind, that's going to be tough to throw the ball. And uh, the stadium sits down below the surface. And so it doesn't really block the wind as effectively as some of the other ones, I think. So could be a game where it's tough to throw the ball. Could be a, a heavy package kind of day. We will see. We will see. We will keep talking about this as we get closer and closer. Nobody to left time. a comment about why they hate Buffalo. So I'm, I'm, Oh, everybody loves this Buffalo. This means yeah. everybody agrees with me that Buffalo is just good people. And while they're mm-hmm. on the other side this week, you know, like Buffalo deserves to win a Super Bowl. I think we like they, they should like Buffalo fans deserve a well, Super Bowl. I don't say Steelers, this. The Steelers fans don't want it to be this year, but sure. at some point, Josh Allen seems like a good dude. Like, if the Steelers lose, would you have a problem with rooting for the Bills to win it all? I, I will be rooting for the. I was going to bring this up. I don't know how the comments are going to feel about this. Um, but so the Super Bowl party that I attend, the food is based off who is playing in the game. So if Buffalo makes it, wings are on the menu. So like, well, you gotta go. You gotta go I, beyond wings too, because Buffalo is a great food city. Uh, have we talked about the beef on Weck here? I'm, I'm way in the uh, wings. All right, beef on Weck is like Buffalo's sandwich. It's okay. a very um, thinly sliced, real roast beef, not like Arby's, like a real roast beef sliced thin on a sandwich bun that has uh like caraway seeds on it and you serve it with horseradish and it's 10 out of 10. It's better than like, not to say that like Buffalo's wings aren't good. They are, but they're like, everyone else has fairly authentically copied Buffalo's wings. You're not getting like something you've never heard of before. If you go to Buffalo mm-hmm. and get the wings, you will not find beef on Weck outside of Western New York. So if you're going to Buffalo, get you some of that. There's also Jenna Harner, worked at the TV station in Buffalo before she worked in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and told me about this bar that serves steak sandwiches that are like actually like an entire steak on a bun. Like it's like a whole sirloin between bread. And they only do this like very late at night. And it's like a dive bar with like some guy out the back door cooking on a charcoal grill. I don't look the Buffalo food scene is, uh, is off the charts. And so, um, very similar vibe to Pittsburgh. So yeah, I'm, uh, if you're, if, we need to talk more as the Super Bowl gets closer. We, we'll, we'll, we'll get some, some menu ideas here about the, uh, the Buffalo theme if the bills are mm-hmm. in it, but let's hope for this week that they're not. Let's hope the Steelers keep playing and that, uh, we keep getting to talk about this team. Absolutely. Uh, Alan, tell the people other than in Buffalo this upcoming weekend, tell the people where they can find you riding a bus to Agrisure stadium tomorrow. Um, maybe I'll try to record this on the bus. That would be, no, that's a horrible idea. Uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> just envisioning the rest of the media horde in the background yeah. of my video. Mm-hmm. Kabali giving me bunny ears or something. Uh, Ace Saunders underscore PGH on X. PGH Steelers now, SteelersNow.com. 
and um, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's it. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments as well. We want to know uh, how you feel about anything that we talked about. If you have any argument at all to hate Buffalo, we need to hear that. Yeah, well, yeah as we well. want to hear them if you got one. Yeah. Please tell us what we did wrong in this episode about Mason Rudolph and why we hate him and why we love Kenny Pickett and our pit They need to wear the hater hat if it continues. I'm just Yeah, I'll wear if for whatever reason somehow this episode gets spun into an anti-Mason episode, I'll wear the hater hat tomorrow after right. I look at the comments. Uh I'm Zachary Smith PGH for Alan Saunders and myself. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 